<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hang on to your butts, folks. This is episode number 222 of Just Another Fanboy, and I'm taking you back all the way to 1982 with issue number six of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, my name is Steven. How y'all doing? Don't answer. Don't answer. I ask that all the time and I gotta stop. I gotta put the brakes on. Hey, how y'all doing? Like I'm expecting just voices out of the ether to be like, we're doing fine, Steven. Thank you for asking. Not that I assume you all sound like that, but it's just something I came up with right there off the top of the old ginger noggin. Hey, so this is season six, folks. Episode 200 and 22 we are officially in the well it's it's the year 2022 we're in technically the fourth year of just another fanboy i mean not really we started at the end of 2019 we did all of 2020 all of 2021 and now we're just jumping into 2022 so really we've only we've only been podcasting here for a little over 2 years but you know what i like to make a sound more important this is the fourth year of Just Another Fanboy, and uh, we're going to continue on from where we last left off. I don't know how long ago that was, but I've been talking about G.I. Joe every now and again, and we're up to issue number six. This is part six, folks, of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. These are the old issues that were put out through Marvel Comics back when I was just a wee little nipper and was... I don't even think I was reading comics at this point because this sucker has a cover date of December of 1982. I don't know that I was actually reading comics by this point. I can tell you that my first official comic, you know, going into a comic book store and having a comic book purchased for me by my father, it was an issue of G.I. Joe, but it it was a little bit further down the line. I always feel like I want to say 25 or 26, issue 25 or 26. So that's that's a couple years later, but... Being really into G.I. Joe when I first started reading comics as a kid, I did try to go back and find some of these back issues. And now you can, of course, get them digitally through Comixology or Amazon. And I think IDW owns the property now, and they have uh, re-released all of these old Marvel issues under uh, collections called G.I. Joe Classics or something like that. And that's what I'm reading, and I'm having a real good time with them. Issue number six, like I said, December 1982, that's just the cover date, written by Larry Hama, penciled by Herb Trempe, inks by Jack Abel, 
Colors by Christy Scheel and the letters by Jim Novak. The title to this issue is To Fail is to Conquer, To Succeed is to Die. And it features the characters of Breaker, Clutch, Flash, Hawk, Scarlet, Stalker, Steeler, and Zap. You also get a little bit in there. You get to see Grand Slam, Grunt, Rock and Roll, Short Fuse, and Snake Eyes. But they don't, they're just, they're just hanging out there at the beginning of this issue. They don't, they're not involved in the, in the bulk of what this issue is all about. And in most of this issue, they're going up against the October Guard. This is like the Russian version of G.I. Joe. You got to remember back in the 80s, folks, the Russians were the big bads. They were our biggest enemy. The Cold War was going on. And we, as Americans, liked to create books and movies and TV shows in which our American military was throwing down on some Russians and, and giving them the old smackdown. So, of course, for G.I. Joe, though, most of their career is going up against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. They did every once in a while go up against other military forces. And this is one of them, the October Guard. In this issue, we get Colonel Ivan Brekoff, Dana or Dinah. I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. Horror show, Sray. Shrage. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either. And Stormovic. I did try to find that guy Shrage or Shrage. I tried to look it up and I found one YouTube channel where a guy was talking about G.I. Joe and he was talking about the October Guard. And that's how he pronounced it was Shrage. So that's that's what I'm going with. I know that they were on the old cartoon. I loved, you know, I grew up with that cartoon. Um, I just don't remember if this character was on the cartoon or not. Maybe somebody can tell me. Maybe you all can, you know, there's nothing more fun in life than pointing out the errors of others. So if you if you feel so inclined, if I am saying that name incorrectly, feel free, feel free. All right, so this issue opens with uh, G.I. Joe team coming back from a previous mission. And I'm assuming it's it's the previous mission was what happened in issue five with the tank and the parade and and all that junk. And they're landing, you know, they're they're being escorted or they're 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 flying in a in a big military airplane and they're landing at the uh, McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. And then they all pile into this like personnel carrier, this big uh, personnel carrier vehicle of some sort. Clutches behind the wheel, and uh, one one of the Joes is like, "That last mission was a rough one." And another Joe responds with, you think that was Harry? Wait till you see how Clutch drives us back to Fort Wadsworth. And 15 minutes later, they're speeding into Fort Wadsworth. Apparently, Clutch has a bit of a lead foot. They arrive at their secret base, which is under the motor pool of Fort Wadsworth. It's, it's what they call the pit. And they're all just hanging out when their, their leader, their commander, Hawk, shows up to let them know about the next mission. They all go into the briefing room and he explains to them that a that 2 days ago a top secret Russian spy craft crash landed in the Hindu Kush mountain range of Afghanistan and it is now in the hands of Afghani rebel hill tribesmen. Their job is to go in. There's a there's already a CIA guy on the ground. He's been, you know, liaisoning or <laughs> I don't know how you say it. He's he's in with these these Afghani rebels and the Joe team are are to arrive and get this crash landed Russian spy plane. And 
they're basically supposed to get it out of Afghanistan and, and back to Merca. And uh, they need to do that before the Russians or even Cobra Command come in, swoop in, and try to get it themselves. He then says he needs six volunteers, and everybody raises their hand. And he's like, ha, 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 I figured as much. That's why I took the liberty of pre-choosing the mission members. And so he's chosen Stalker, Scarlet, Clutch, Steeler, Grand Slam, and Breaker. He says that Steeler is going to drive the RTV. So during this briefing, he shows these this this picture of this vehicle called the Rough Terrain Vehicle. This was never made into a toy. This was not part of the 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 you know the GI Joe toy figure action figure set thing or anything. It's just something they made for the comic books, and it is a ridiculous looking vehicle. It's like a flatbed uh, trailer hooked up to this funky looking. I I don't know, man. The, the it's so it's got six tires basically, and they are just giant balloon tires that are taller than a human being. And four of them are on the flatbed trailer, and the other two are on the the cabin area. I guess you could say it is a giant mammoth machine. They they're they're showing it in the picture with a figure of a person standing next to it. And again, the tires are just as just as big, if not taller, than the human being. And they are some of the smallest things on this freaking vehicle. This thing is huge. It's it's got to be freaking. It's. It's like a battleship almost. It's like a tiny battleship. That's that's what we'll say. Anyway, Steeler's going to drive the RTV. Clutch will ride Point in the Vamp Jeep, which they mentioned earlier in the book. The Vamp is part of the toy line. And it has, I think, one of the most ridiculous names because Vamp stands for something. It stands for Vehicle Assault Multipurpose. That has got to be one of the dumbest names for a vehicle that, you know, just so they could get vamp out of it. Vehicle colon assault comma multipurpose. That's that's the full name of a flipping Jeep with a, a set of guns mounted in the back of it. So Clutch will be in the vamp riding point. And uh, he tells them they've got about an hour to collect their gear and get on the flight line. And an hour later, they're taken off. And one thing they also tell us is that the 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 RTV is made out of um, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but it's, apparently they can take it apart and it, when they, they're going to, they're going to parachute in to this area in Afghanistan and the pieces from the RTV are parachuted in with them. And then they're able to assemble it there at the landing zone in Afghanistan. So on the flight, we get a little bit on the flight and one of the Joes and I, I it might be clutch. I don't know who this guy is, but he is, uh, yeah, it's clutch because he starts hitting on Scarlet. There's there's a lot of this, not a lot, but there's been a bit of this in these first six issues where one of the Joes uh, starts to hit on Scarlet. And he's like, well, if you get tired of staring at Steeler's ugly mug, because she's going to be in the RTV with Steeler, who is driving it. Well, if you get tired of staring at Steeler's ugly mug, maybe you can ride point with me and we could uh run out of gas somewhere. To which Scarlet's reply is, frankly, Clutch, I'd sooner have a date with Clint Eastwood's baboon. And he says, it's your loss, babe. And she says, don't call me babe, you grease monkey. And (laughs) I don't understand at all why they include this kind of stuff in a book like G.I. Joe. I guess, I mean, I'm not going to second guess Larry Hama. I think he's a great writer. I love these books. And of course, this was 1982. But still, I don't need to see Scarlet 
constantly being hit on. She's she's at this point in the book, she's the only woman on the team and they're constantly hitting on her. I mean, this is this is at least the third occasion in these first six issues that I can think of that somebody has hit on Scarlet. And I don't know, it it doesn't it doesn't really paint a good picture to children at the time. You know, it's it just seems to be, you know, as a as a young boy reading this book, I would have just it's OK to just go on and hit go up and, you know, and just hit on your coworker as often as you possibly can and to, you know, suggest that they could go somewhere in the vamp and run out of gas somewhere. You know, that's ugh. it. It kind of turns my stomach just a little bit. It's just it's just so dumb. And it's it's there. there's no point. But it's there. What are you going to do now? As they are flying toward Afghanistan, we go back to the bunker, the communications bunker of the G.I. Joe command center. And there's a guy sitting in a chair, a shadowy figure, and he is calling Cobra Central. He's like, Cobra Central, this is Songbird. Do you read me? Cobra answers. And this guy tells them about the plans uh, of the Joes going to Afghanistan to get the to get the the Russian spy plane and all that stuff. And then we discover it's Hawk. What? Hawk is a bad guy? What's going on here? Six issues in, and they're telling us that the G.I. Joe commander, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed man of action, is a frickin' Cobra spy. I have to imagine that many children's hearts were broken when they read this issue. So the Joes arrive in Afghanistan, and they're met by their the, the Afghani rebels and the CIA guy, and they start putting together their frickin' RTV. They're taken to a cave where there's this giant crate where our Afghani rebels have put all the components from this Russian spy plane into, and then the Joes are going to put together their RTV, load this crate on it, and drive it to the coast where they will load it onto a ship and get back to Merka. Well, Stalker is explaining to our Afghani rebel how the RTV is built. And you see all these components laid out on the desert sands and the Joes and some of the other rebels are helping them put it together. Stalker says, this is our rough terrain vehicle, the RTV. Each component is light enough to be dropped by chute and can be easily lifted by six people. There's hardly any steel in it. Mostly plastic, aluminum, and foam composite. Low in weight, but high in structural strength. And these these freaking tires are just ridiculous looking. The whole thing is just ridiculous looking. And but they they get it all assembled. And uh, the a bunch of these Afghani rebels are carrying this giant crate that's like the size of maybe six school buses. And they're carrying it out to set it behind the RTV. And then we find that the RTV has a, a hidden crane within its depths. And the crane comes out and they latch it onto the, the freaking crate and they pull it onto the RTV. And then they set off. So they drive for a bit. The, the terrain is rocky. Everything's going okay. And suddenly they reach a crevasse. Steel refers to it as a, well, it's either steel or zap. I, I can't tell. It says, slow down, Clutch. Looks like there's a deep rut up ahead. And Clutch says, rut? Looks more like the Grand Canyon. And uh, they can't figure out a way. There, there's no way for them to go around it. It's uh, it, it goes on for miles. And one of the Joes questions, you know, how did we not know that this ravine was here? It's 
a major geographical feature. How could we have not known it was here? And Scarlett says, well, it's not on our chart. And then, and I'm assuming this is Clutch again, who obviously is the, the, the a-hole of the group. Now, ain't that just like a woman? Scarlet is trying to get us across Afghanistan with the Girl Scout trail map. Ha ha ha. Ah, Clutch, you idiot. Well, then suddenly they are fired upon. There's some, some, somebody hiding in the rocks and they're firing upon the Joes and all these different guns come out of the RTV and they're firing back. And they're able, this freaking RTV is big enough that it is able to just drive across this freaking ravine without any issue. Somehow it just does it. And I, based on the drawing, it doesn't look like it should be able to, and yet it does. And not only is it able to, it uses, the, they use the crane to just snag the freaking Jeep and take it with them. And this is where we learn that the people that are hiding in the rocks that are firing upon the Joes are the October Guard. Well, the October Guard were apparently really looking forward to the Joes being slowed down by this ravine. And, uh, ravine, is that what I called it? A ravine. And it doesn't seem to slow the Joes down in any way. They, again, they still managed to get this freaking RTV across it somehow. It just, it just looks so ridiculous. I love it so much. And then the, the freaking October Guard, there's six of them. They pile into this six wheeled, I mean, it looks like a freaking slab of metal with six seats in it and six wheels. And they're all, they're all piled in. They're all shooting from within this vehicle, which has no roof on it. And even the, 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 the guy in charge, he's, he's got one hand on the wheel and an AK 47 in the other hand, and they are leaping the ravine. So they're like side by side. They're running parallel with the RTV and in the drawing, they look like they might be, I don't know, 20, 30 feet from each other apart, you know, parallel. And they're just both just firing at each other, just unloading, just shooting all over the place. And of course, nobody's getting hit. Now, I should point out, if you're not aware, if you've never read the comics, the comics were different than the cartoon. The big joke with the cartoon is that they, the Cobra and G.I. Joe were always shooting at each other all the time. Just they f- must have fired millions of rounds over the course of the cartoon and nobody ever so much as got scratched by a single bullet or laser or whatever they were using. The comic book, however, people do get shot. They get wounded. They die. It, you know, there are high stakes in, in this comic book. But it's not happening here. And frankly, there's this two-page spread of this, this scene that I'm trying to describe with the two vehicles somehow managing to get over this ravine at the same time. They're parallel to each other. They're firing their weapons at each other. And it shows the uh, freaking Jeep being, it, it's just hanging over the top of the RTV, hanging from this hook from the crane. And the I got to try to put this thing online somewhere after I release this episode, because the crane, where it's holding this Jeep, the Jeep should just basically, the back end of it should fall backwards. It should be sticking straight up in the air with the front end sticking up and the back end sticking straight down. And yet, Clutch is standing on the roof of the Jeep firing a pistol. Stalker is 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 standing in the seats firing a machine gun. And somehow this freaking Jeep, as, it's, as they're managing to cross this ravine, is defying all known laws of physics. It's, this was such a fun book. So they all get across the ravine, but as they're, as they're leaping across, 
Scarlet, who uses a freaking crossbow, fires one of her crossbow bolts at one of the tires in the uh, this vehicle that the October Guard are using. And as they're leaping, Dinah or whatever her name is, she says, "Hold on, Stormovic, we're gonna land. We're going to land hard." And the colonel says, "No, Dinah, our balloon tires will absorb the shock." And <laughs> we find out that they're that these tires on this this freaking weird looking vehicle that the Russians are driving, they self seal against bullets. And he's saying this as the crossbow bolt slams into the tire, pierces the tire, the tire goes flat at the same time as they land on the other side of the ravine, which causes their vehicle to roll, spilling everybody out of it. And at the same time, he's going, oh no, our tires will self seal against bullets, but not arrows. And (laughs) For some reason, this is where it even gets more freaking under just just I just don't understand what's going on here at this point, because the Joes are able to get their RTV across the ravine. The October Guard do the same thing with their vehicle, but their vehicle gets wrecked in the process. It, it you know, it flips over and the October Guard are now on their feet. They, they no longer have a vehicle. The Joes do, however, but <laughs> instead of just driving off. And be like, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, you can't catch us now. They stop and they all get out of the RTV. And uh, because these these Russians hide behind rocks and they're firing at them. And one of the Joe says, doesn't anything stop these guys? I hear they're the Russian answer to our G.I. Joe team. And then they all get out of the freaking RTV and they're like, looks like it's going to be hand to hand from here on out. And I just again, I don't understand this. The Russians are on, they're, they're, they're on foot. The Joes are in this giant bubble wheeled RTV and they choose to remain and fight it out with these Russians until they ultimate, till the Russians basically out the October guard are just like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to attack. And they all come out from under, from behind the rocks and they charge on foot. They charge the Joes. And what do the Joes do? They get out of the RTV to fight them hand to hand, tooth and nail. It just doesn't make any sense. They could have driven off at any time and been okay. But instead, they feel like they need to stay there and continue the firefight and then turn a firefight into a fist fight. And as this is going on, a new group of people show up. Cobra Command. And there's Cobra Commander. And there's all these Cobra soldiers and... Their force overwhelms both the Joes and the October Guard. And Cobra Commander tells one of his troops, Sergeant, collect their arms. Yes, Cobra Commander. Then you may line up all the prisoners by the ravine and kill them. And that's how the issue ends. This, uh, I, yeah, I'm really having a lot of fun with these G.I. Joe stories. I can see that issue number seven is a continuation of this story. It's got Stalker. And uh, what what was that guy's freaking name? Colonel Breckoff standing back to back, firing their weapons. Stalker's got an M16. Breckoff has got an AK-47. There's Cobra soldiers all around him. And it says, a moment ago, they were enemies. Now they fight together against the greatest evil in the world. It's, it's just such a fun, dumb book that, again, as a kid, it's like, you watch the cartoon and then you read the comics and it's like the comics are like a grown-up version of the cartoon because people people get shot, they get hurt, they go to the hospital, you know, stuff like that. None of that ever happens in the cartoon and but 
This issue, I think, was a little bit more over the top than some of the previous ones because of this crazy RTV vehicle that just, I mean, it, honestly, it looks like something that I would design. It, it, I don't know who designed it. I don't want to throw Herb Trimpey under the bus. I don't know if Larry Hama designed it, but it looks like something I could have easily designed. It's just basically a freaking, you know, a triangle with some freaking rectangles and some circles and you put them all together and bang, you got this dumb looking vehicle. And again, the fact that the Joes just wouldn't drive away, they, they had to stay there and fight. And that made no sense at all. And now they're in an even bigger pickle because they decided to stay and fight. It's just, it was silly, but, but, but a whole lot of fun. And, uh, I'm one step closer to getting to the point where I was when I first started reading the book, which, like I said, 25, issue 25, 26, 27, 20, somewhere around there. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing these episodes. Um, in fact, if I follow the schedule that I've put together, you're going to get part seven, G.I. Joe part seven, where we talk about issue number seven on February 10th. If I follow this schedule, and, and, and I've already made some changes to the schedule already, so I may not be following this schedule. It may be, may be more like February 8th, maybe, but it'll be in February. So, so hang around. I hope you enjoy what we got coming at you for season six of Just Another Fanboy. I'm going to continue on with a lot of these uh, multi-part episodes like the G.I. Joe, uh, ElfQuest, um, Madman, and John Burns Superman. Uh, we're going to go every Tuesday and Thursday until I can no longer keep up that schedule. And I can tell you because it's already been recorded. Thursday's episode is going to be, it's me and Sulfur, uh, indie nerdcore rapper. He was on previously talking about his EP that was based on the wheel of time books called the wheel of rhyme. Well, we have both watched the wheel of time show and we got together over the weekend uh, on on Skype, and we talked about season one of The Wheel of Time. Sucker's going to be about an hour and a half to two hours long. I haven't finished editing it down yet, but you're going to get that on Thursday. So that's something to look forward to. And then next week, if all goes to to, to plan, you're going to get ElfQuest and and uh, then something else, maybe a little special. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to go see Spider-Man No Way Home this weekend. So maybe you can get an, you'll get an episode about that next week. So stick around, folks. I got a lot of fun stuff planned over the next few weeks. Um, the plan is to keep going until uh, the end of May, and then I'll take June off, and we'll come back with season seven in July. And season seven will stretch through November, and then we'll take December off. That's the plan. That's what I got scheduled. I'm, I'm mainly focusing on just another fanboy this year, but I am trying to get through uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths over at Event or Else. Big news there. That episode will be ready to go. I, I've, I, I finally got episode six or Crisis on Infinite Earths, issue number six. I got that episode done. Look for that tomorrow, Wednesday, January the 12th. If you don't want to jump back and forth between the Just Another Fanboy feed and the Event or Else feed, there's the Everything or Else feed, which you can get on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Any episode of any podcast I put out is over there on the Everything or Else feed the one feed you're ever going to need. The only thing that I do that's not over there is my other podcast, which is a special podcast I only do for my patrons over at Patreon, which you can join for a dollar a month, and then you get instant access to that show. Over 200 episodes already, just like just another fanboy. That's patreon.com slash Stephen Aurora. 
That's patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. Link will be in the show notes. So that's it, folks. That's my episode. I will see you again, not literally, because this is all audio. You'll hear me again on Thursday. Be nice to each other. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And yeah, folks, season six. Boom. Episode number 222. G.I. Joe part six. I feel like I should do that intro all over, but let's let's not worry about it. Let me try it right here. Let me just try this. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. <clears throat> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mm -hmm.